0: Welcome to I Read a Book Once. My name's Emma, and uh, this is a podcast where I talk about books. Today we're going to be talking about Anxious People by Frederick Bachmann, who is a Swedish author, actually, so this book was translated, which is pretty cool. Um, you might have heard of Frederick Bachmann before. He wrote A Man Called Ove. Ove. I'm not quite sure. It's O-V-E. It's a very popular book. I'm actually going to be reading it at some point in the future, because my grandma's best friend is sending it to me. I'm super excited about that. Shout out to Bobby. This was my September book of the month, and I know what you're thinking. Two episodes ago, didn't you just tell us about your August book of the month? And you would be right, I did. However, the August book came in the middle of August, and this book came near the actual beginning of September. Plus, I have read um, a Harley Merlin book in between the other books that I've talked about. I haven't talked about these Harley Merlin books before because there's nine books in the first part of the series, and uh, I'm trying to decide how I want to talk about them because I read the first seven before I started... No, the first six before I started recording this podcast, and nine episodes to talk about that series is a lot, so I'm thinking of maybe doing a couple books per episode or maybe all of them in one. I don't know. I haven't decided yet, but... Yeah, so I'm going to be talking about anxious people today. So I guess we're going to get started off with my... So, Oh, before we get started, I actually need to um, issue a trigger warning. There is a talk of suicide in this book. So if that's something that is going to um, be detrimental to your mental health to hear about, please stop listening to this right now. I don't want to cause anybody any... Pain, any harm and this and suicide is kind of you don't really it's in this book it's kind of part of what happens so I just want to get that out of the way right now and let everybody know and as always this episode is going to be full of spoilers so if you don't want this book spoiled please do not listen okay here we go so what is anxious people about basically it's about A hostage, a bank robbery gone wrong turned into a hostage situation. So you've got a bank robber who tries to rob a bank, but this bank is actually doesn't have any cash. It's all digital money. I'm not sure if that's the correct term, but there's it's a cashless bank, I think is actually what it calls it. And so the bank robber can't get their money. So then they run away from the bank and run into, across the street, because they see some police officers outside, runs across the street, and all the way up the stairs into an open apartment that there's an apartment viewing going on, and then takes everybody in the apartment hostage because they don't know what to do. That's kind of the premise. So then, but what's interesting is that this book takes place after the hostage situation has ended. It starts out with the police officers, well actually it starts out, kind of with a description of a bridge, which we're going to get back to. So it starts out with these two police officers who you find out are father and son, Jack and Jim. Jim's the father, Jack's the son. And the two of them are the police officers on the case. And this takes place in a small town in Sweden. And there's lots of talk about Stockholm and Stockholmers. You know, that's the capital. And so they don't really have ever had a hostage situation. The father and son are trying to figure out What happened to the bank robber? Because when all the hostages were let go, the bank robber stayed behind in the apartment. But then when they went into the apartment, there was no one to be found. And what had happened is there was blood on the ground and a pistol. It's called a pistol throughout this whole thing. So that's what I'm going to call instead of a gun. And so they're trying to figure out what happened to the bank robber. So they're interviewing all the different hostages to see if there's anywhere the bank robber could have been hiding in the apartment. You later find out that there is that the cloth the blueprints aren't actually correct because the blueprints are from when the building was first built and since then the upstairs used to be one apartment and now it's two. And so there's like a space between the wall, but bank robber's not in there and then there's this little weird crawl space up in this closet that's actually bigger than it was marked on the um, blueprints as well. So you're the police officer trying to figure out who the bank robber, like where the bank robber is, and so are we. And so then we follow their story, and kind of what goes on is that you find out. Well, first let's talk about this bridge. The story opens about this. This is where the suicide part comes in. The story opens with a story about Jack, the younger police officer being at this bridge one night and there's this man standing on the bridge. And so Jack tries to talk the man down from the bridge. And then the man ends up jumping. Right. And then Jack goes back. He's a high school student when that happens. And Jack goes back every night for a week. And then a week later, there's this younger girl who's probably the same age as him on the bridge. And he um doesn't try and talk to her. He just like grabs her. And so she can't jump like, grabs her and pulls her back. And so that's the night Jack decided he wanted to be a police officer because he wanted to save people. So he kind of has that hero complex going on. So that, what's interesting is that this bridge is talked about all the time throughout the book. It comes back to it. Almost every single character has some sort of connection. Like, And what's also important is that this apartment that they're at, when you go, they have a balcony. And when you go on the balcony, you can see the bridge from the house. And so the other characters in the book that we, okay, so then what's going on with the bank robber? So the bank robber has to rob the bank. You never learn the name of the bank robber, actually. The bank robber has to try and get money from the bank, and they only ask for 6,500, I think, kroner, which I'm guessing are Swedish money. So like $6,500, basically. And so then that's why, so then they're like, The police officer like, that's a very specific amount of money after they talk to the teller. Because the teller's like, why would somebody ask for only that amount? And so what happened is the bank robber finds out that their spouse had been cheating on them with their boss. And then the boss basically fires them. It's like, it would be better if you left, so it's not weird. And then the apartment's only in the spouse's name, so they have to leave the apartment. And they get a new apartment, and they didn't have a job. Well, now they don't have a job, Right. And they're trying to find a new job and the apartment they got made them pay for the month, right? And then the next month and then the job they got won't pay them for the first month or something crazy like that. So they're trying and they got served with papers from their ex that if they don't pay for their apartment and then they're going to take Oh, the bank robber has two kids, two daughters, and they're going to take the two daughters away and get full custody and not let the bank robber ever see the kids if they can't keep their apartment. So they get so desperate, they decide they're going to go and steal money from the bank. And then they're like, I'm going to bring it back. But they get flustered, right? And they leave. And so they run into this apartment and they're, so they go in the apartment, right? Blah, blah, blah. And in the apartment, there are two couples and an old lady to start with. So the one couple is an older retired couple and their names are Roger and Anna Elena. And so they're an older couple. They're both retired and they flip apartments. So they buy apartments, fix them up, and then sell them and then do do it again and again. This is something new. We later find out that so they have the two children they had two they have two grown children who don't want to have any kids. And so Annalena kept t- keeps talking about how sensitive Roger is and like how much he would be a good grandfather. And you later find out that Roger sacrificed his career. Like he worked, but he passed by promotion so that Annalena could be the best at her job. And so that happens. And so you find out about that. And then um, you've got the other couple Roe and Julia who are two women and they're married and Julia's pregnant like very pregnant probably like eight months pregnant or something that I don't remember and they're looking for an apartment to start their family and they argue a lot um and Ro has like weird hobbies she likes to do things and Julia just want and Ro hasn't let them buy an apartment because there's something wrong with each of them and Julia just wants to buy one because she's pregnant and she just wants to buy one and then you've got the old woman Estelle who um We're going to come back to her. There's actually another woman in the apartment named um, Zara, and she is a bank. She works at a bank pretty high up, like a bank manager or something. I don't really remember what her job was, but she works at a bank, right? And uh, it turns out that she was the one who had denied the man who jumped off the bridge his loan because this dude who jumped off the bridge had invested all his money in the banks and then lost it all when um, – when the great recession happened, right? Because even though it happened in America, the banking financial crisis affected people across the world. And then right before he jumped, he sent her a letter that she's been carrying around in her purse for 10 years. Cause it's 10 years later. Right. And she, we find out later goes to apartment viewings, but only apartment viewings where she could see the bridge from it. And she's also not very nice person, not very personable or sociable. Doesn't really like people. You later find out that she's been going to a therapist because she wanted to get sleeping pills, but the doctor wouldn't prescribe them if she didn't go to the therapist. And later you find out that she's also been having suicidal like thoughts because she just that's why she wanted the sleeping pills, right? She's not very nice, but later on she kind of warms up and figures out how to talk to people. So, and then there's the real estate agent, right? And so, here they go. They've been all kidnapped, blah, blah, blah. The somebody needs to go, the pregnant woman, Julia, needs to go to the bathroom. So they knock on the bathroom door and there's somebody in there. And it's this man wearing a bunny head and then just underwear. And it turns out Anna Elena has hired him to scare people away so that they won't want to buy the apartment complex so her and Roger can get it. And it turns out she's done this a couple times. So then her and Roger kind of get into a bit of a fight and an argument because she just wanted First of all, Annalena just wants to stop flipping apartments, but she knows that it makes Roger feel useful, and, like, this is what he loves to do now. It's his time. And so Roger is upset because it turns out he's not as good of a no- negotiator as he thought. And so this dude, his name is Leonard, I believe. Yeah, I think his name is Leonard. Anyways, he comes out in the, of the closet, and then he goes on the balcony, and he's talking to Zara, And the two of them kind of hit it off. Like, there's no other way to explain it. Because by the end of the book, they're, like, maybe going to go on a date. Mm." So then Julia and Roe get in an argument for whatever reason. I can't remember now because I read this book a week ago. um, And now I'm just sitting down to record. But so Julia goes in the closet and Anna Elena's in the closet because she's, like, upset. And then Estelle goes in the closet and she ends up, um, she's this old woman. And she keeps saying that her husband is was just parking the car. Um, it turns out her husband's actually dead and has been dead for a couple years. And she uh, just said that because it made her feel better about it. And she's uh, supposedly there checking out the apartment for her daughter. So they're in the closet talking and Estelle tells the story about this time she had an affair. Except, was it really an affair? I mean, maybe. they nev- Basically, she got this new neighbor and her husband was in a... Um, intensive care unit place for a couple years before he died I don't remember what was wrong with him but they would ex- exchange books and then at one point the neighbor gave her a key to his apartment and then he died and she never used it and they never nothing ever happened between them but they exchanged books with like they would underline things like the great love or stuff like that and these books um so that happens and then when they're in there they hear this noise And it turns out the real estate agent is actually in the little vent in the closet hiding. Then the real estate agent comes out. And the thing is, nobody, when they've been interviewed, has talked about the real estate agent at all. And you find out at this point, it's because the real estate agent was hidden this whole time in the closet until almost the very end. Because they ordered pizzas and they only ordered eight pizzas, but there was eight hostages plus the bank robber. And so at this point, you find out that the bank robber is not a man, but a woman because they've assumed it was a man this whole time, but it turns out it's a woman. And so Jack thinks that the real estate agent they interviewed is actually the bank robber. So he goes back and like yells at her and tries to get her to confess, but it's not her. And then so when the pizzas are ready, Jim goes up to deliver them without letting Jack basically no, because Jack's in the other building because there was this box of Christmas lights and Jim mistakenly thought it was a bomb so then there was this whole thing where they had to make sure it wasn't so Jim goes up and the at this point everybody in the apartment has gotten to know the bank robber in the story and they feel bad and they're like no we want to help you and so the two men are trying to argue about one of them going and pretending to be the bank robber but the actual bank robber opens the door to Jim And kind of explains what happened. And Jim decides to help her and says, can you get into the apartment next door? Because the real estate agent might have a key because it's also going up for sale. Then Jim is like, okay, you need to go in there. And then when you leave, um, I will pretend i don't know this right anyways so he goes back down they have fireworks are requested and then after the fireworks all the hostages are let out and the fireworks are requested because Estelle tells this nice story about her and her husband watching them from the balcony and it turns out the real estate agent doesn't have the key but remember Estelle had that fake affair the key her neighbor was the one that lived in the apartment next door so she still has a key to that apartment so the bank robber goes into that apartment and remember that blood in the and the pistol right so this whole time everybody thought it was a fake pistol turns out it wasn't and what happened was the bank robber she actually the bank robber stole it from this random basement that she slept in one night and she thought it was fake but she was like a toy but she used took it for protection to like fake people out basically. So she leaves it on the table, goes next door. At some point there was fake blood in this closet and they spilled it everywhere. I don't really remember that, but it did happen. And then they left a special phone in a pizza box so that the negotiator from Stockholm could call. And when they called, it made the gun fall off the table and shoot, which is why they thought that somebody got hurt. Anyways, then what happens is uh, Jim tells Jack, Jack agrees to keep the secret and they let everybody go, even though Jack didn't want to, because this is kind of going to be his big break. He's going to prove that he could do it. And Jack's also been offered a position in Stockholm, but he turned it down to stay with his dad. And there's this whole thing about the two of them still mourning the, his mom slash his wife, basically all of that jazz. And so then we get to the very end. And what happens is Zara goes to her therapist and reads the letter. And the letter says, it's not your fault, which, oh, that part was like, oh. And then Zara, it figures out that the therapist is the girl from the bridge because she also saw that because she had kept going back to the bridge. And she recognized Jack as the boy who saved the girl. So she introduces them. So, you know, Some romance at the end. I think so. And then. Oh I forgot this. Estelle it turns out is actually the owner of the apartment. So that's why she was there that whole time. She wasn't a prospective buyer. I forgot about that. If it wasn't clear. That's why she had the key to the next door apartment. Sorry guys. And so. Estelle lives there. And takes the bank robber into her house. And the bank robber lives with Estelle and her two daughters will come and stay when it's her week. And then the next door apartment, Ro and Julia buy and Roger and Anna Elena kind of settle down and the two of them kind of come to a new understanding and Zara and Leonard go out on a date. So that's kind of what happens. That was really long, longer than I had wanted it to be. So sorry about that. So let's get into talking about this book now. The first thing I want to talk about is the title. The title is Anxious People, which is technically right because we have multiple characters who suffer from anxiety of all sorts, whether it be like literal, like anxiety disorder or just being anxious about their child coming and being a bad parent or anxious about the state of their relationship or whatever, right? So yes, anxious people. However, I would have titled this something different. Because there's a couple things that get repeated throughout the book. The first is the bridge. The second is the bank robber, and the third is that everybody in this book is an idiot. Literally, I'm the first line of this book. But it's the first line, of the second paragraph. This story is about a lot of things, but mostly about idiots. And then in that paragraph, it says idiot or idiotically another couple times, and talks about how everybody in this book is an idiot, and how could a hostage situation happen, and oh. Also, this all takes place on the day before New Year's Eve, which is dated like a hundred times. So, like, who has an open house on the day before New Year's Eve? And the reason it still had it then is because her and her husband, New Year's was like a big time for them. And that would, hence the fireworks and whatever. So I would rename this book, The Bridge, The Bank Robber, and A Bunch of Idiots, because that's what that book was. This book was really about at its core. I mean, yes, it was about anxious people, but I just think the bridge, the bank robber, and a bunch of idiots just tells you what this book is about so much better than anxious people. I also don't think anxious people in general is a very good title. So there we go. Next, let's talk about me getting into reading this book. So... Kind of like with um, the space between us, it took me a while to get into this book. And the first reason is that nobody has names for probably the first 80 pages. It's the older policeman, the younger policeman, the bank robber. And like I said, the bank robber never gets a name. You And then you have like the real estate agent. Like nobody has a name for so, so long which is just very frustrating for me as a reader because it's harder to follow along with. Or it's like the boy, at the man at the bridge, the boy, this girl, like nobody has a name. And I'm like, okay, I need some names, please. And also it just took me a little bit of time to get into the writing style. And just kind of going along that, this was like listed on um, Book of the Month as like being very funny. Like the person who wrote the review talked about it making them laugh out loud and so that's kind of why I picked it because I knew that this that Bachman was a good author and that I was like oh I want to read something funny. I did not laugh when I read this book. The thing is like I don't know if the humor I just didn't get it because it's translated or if it just wasn't my sort of humor but I didn't think the book was funny. That's not to say I didn't like the book because I did like it a lot but I just didn't think it was funny and I think this could have been very funny if it was a vision, like if you, if it was a movie basically because of the way it was written, right? It goes back and forth between the, like in the interrogation room, they're not really being interrogated, but the interviews and then like what's actually happening during the hostage situation and everything. And the way the people talk and the way they act is just so ridiculous. They're so almost annoying. Right. And so just how the interviews go, like here's one It says, is there anything more you specifically you could tell me about the perpetrator? You mean the bank robber? Yes. So why not just say that instead? Is there anything more specific you could tell me about the bank robber? Like what? And then do you remember anything about his appearance? This is at the beginning when they still think it's a man, like all the stuff that don't actually learn anything from these interviews, right? Because They just go back and forth in these inane sort of conversations, which was, I didn't enjoy reading, right? But then I feel like if I were to see it portrayed, like acted out in front of me, it would be more funny, almost because I could see it instead of just reading it. Just they would have that comedic sense of timing, kind of how the people would talk about it, which I think is kind of interesting. So it took me a while to get into the book because I thought it was going to be funny. I didn't find it. Laugh out loud, funny. It was more of like the sort of conversations that people had were supposed to be funny, but I think it would have been more humorous acted out than me reading it on the page. If you've read this book, you might understand what I'm saying. If not, it might be a little bit more difficult to follow. But like I feel like this book, when you see it, it's almost like if any of you have seen Murder on the Orient Express, kind of like I envision it being filmed sort of like that, but then mixed with I don't know, mixed with a flashbacky sort of thing, right? So that you're trying to figure it out. Because as I'm reading this, I was trying to figure out what happened to the bank robber as well. So yeah, I think this would be really good as a movie, better than it as a book. I think it'd be one of those rare times where the movie's better than the book. However, this was a good book. And by the end of the book, I did enjoy it. I did like the characters and I had gotten used to the way that they all talked and that the fact this goes back to the title that I want to make it the fact that they are all idiots. Like the way these conversations went were so like annoying because they were all idiots. And the author says again and again that all these people are idiots. So it's okay for me to say that just like the way that they act like what? And so that's kind of a a little bit about that. So I have a note here that says ending last chapter. Oh, look, even that, let me read you this the truth, the truth about all of this, the truth is that this was a story about many different things, but most of all about idiots. There we go back to that idiots. But why is this chapter last chapter? It's like only it's not even a page long. And why it's important is because it it kind of this last chapter is kind of like, oh, hits you because it's about just we're all trying to do the best that we can, which is kind of what you see with the bank robber at the end. That. She was just trying to do the best that she could, and so was everybody else in this story. They were just trying to do what they could, and that it'll be okay, and there will be another tomorrow is kind of how it ends. Also, though, with the ending, when Zara introduced Jack and the therapist, the therapist's name is Nadia, apparently, that was just, that was poignant right there. I loved that. Because there was hints that they were going to get together and I was about it. And then, okay. Kind of going off of that though, like the ending about the morals and the ethics of this. It was really interesting because it did, this book did talk a lot about the morals and the ethics of life. Because the bank robber, robbing a bank is wrong. Okay, we all, like if you just sit on that premise, you're like, yes, robbing banks is bad. But then you find out that the bank robber is trying to rob the bank to get barely just a little bit of money so that she could keep her apartment, so she could keep seeing her children. And you're like, maybe robbing a bank isn't bad. And the bank robber was going to give the money back. Obviously, that never happened. And then taking people hostage is bad, right? But the bank robber was a horrible. At, keeping them at hostage, like literally the all the hostages told the bank robber what to do, like, let's get pizza, or like, aren't you supposed to have requests, or why don't you tell, like, why are you doing this, and the bank robber's like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to do this, like all of that, so this story makes you also think about, like, the fact that the world isn't black and white, there isn't just strict rights and wrongs, Because yes, robbing a bank is wrong. You shouldn't rob a bank. But also the fact that this woman got divorced and then lost her job because her husband cheated on her with her old boss and she can't keep an apartment is also wrong. Like people shouldn't be forced out on the streets or homeless or anything like that. Everybody should be able to afford an apartment, right? I don't know. That's my own personal belief there. I don't know. It just makes you think about what the fact that morals and ethics might not be universal, but kind of change regarding the situation. And also it makes you think about like, I don't know what it means to be a good person and what it because all these hostages help and never say anything about where the bank robber. Well, the bank robber doesn't tell them how they're going to escape, except it still gives them the key. And is like, you need to let me know. Whatever, but I don't know. I don't know if any of that made sense or was poignant or anything, but whatever. Let's talk about the two plot twists. The first is bank robber equals real estate agent question mark. That's what I have written down. So what happens is for a while you think that the bank robber is the real estate agent. And I'm not going to lie. I was 100% buying that before you find out that the real real estate agent was like, in the um vent in the closet hiding, you get to a certain point when they're talking about the pizzas and the fact that there's not enough pizzas, and you realize that the real and like in the interviews they keep asking about and the real estate agent agent, the real estate agent was there, right? And they're like, Oh yeah, yeah, the real estate agent, yep, they were definitely there. But they never talk about them in the interview, suit so, but they talk about everybody else and the bank robber. So I was like. Right before Jack reaches the conclusion that the bank robber is the real estate agent, like maybe one or two chapters before that, I also reached that conclusion. I was like, that has to be it. Because I assumed, oh my God, the uh, the bank robber just walked out with the hostages and was pretending to be the real estate agent the whole time. Because when you one of the very first interviews they do is with the real estate agent. And it literally makes no sense. Sense anything the real estate agent says makes absolutely zero sense, and so you're like, Oh, and you're also like, Oh, the bank robber is a woman because it's a real estate agent, but then it turns out that the bank robber was not the real estate agent because they find her the actual real estate agent in the tunnel, the vent thing. But that was a good plot twist, I thought. And then the other one is Estelle owning the apartment, which I also figured out before it happened because when they were sitting in the closet, Estelle sits on this chest. There's a bunch of wine and cigarettes in the chest. And she's like, they're like, how did you know there was wine in there? And she's like, you know, if I was uh, having an apartment viewing and I didn't want people to think that I drank a lot, I would hide all my wine in the closet. And you're like, Estelle how like okay that's a little sauce and it turns out it is because it's literally just her apartment and at the end she doesn't end up selling it instead takes in the real estate no not the real estate takes in the bank robber and the bank robber pays rent to Estelle's daughter and then Estelle pays rent to the bank robber and just pays the entire amount that the bank robber paid so basically the bank robber is living there for free so that she can get back on her feet so those were kind of the big well i guess the other plot twist is that the bank robber literally was in the next door apartment hiding and that jim knew about it so why did jim let's talk about this why did jim say oh i'll just lie for you jim's wife was a priest not a priest a pastor. Mormon can't be priest. I'm sorry. My Catholic brain was like, priest. No. She was part of the church. Was she a pastor? I feel like I need to know this now so I can get it right. We're going to say she's a pastor. And so she... And they talk about how religious people hated her for associating with non-religious people. And non-religious people hated her for being religious, basically. And that she would go into dangerous parts of the world to go and help people and then eventually she got hurt so they didn't do that again and she stayed closer to home so basically his wife would help people right no matter where they came from or what their background was and so Jim is inspired by that and is always trying to do even though his wife has passed is always trying to do things like that she would be proud of and he's like I think that she would have been Good with me helping because the bank robber fundamentally isn't a bad person. They just made a bad decision to try and rob a bank, but they were brought to that decision by the fact that it was literally a last-ditch effort to try and keep the life that you that they had, right? To keep their daughters, keep her daughters in her life. And what's interesting is the connection between the bank robber and the man and the man who jumped off the bridge. Because the man who jumped off the bridge, it was similar story sort of like they lost all of their money and they couldn't the they went to a bank for a loan, just like the bank robber went and the bank was the bank told both of them no. They told they told the man who jumped off the bridge that they weren't gonna give him a loan because like, sorry, you lost your money. You shouldn't have trusted us. We can't give you one. And they told the bank robber no because she had no money and no way to pay the bank back. And so then at the end, Zara who works at this bank ends up quitting because she's like I uh, liked the bank I liked working there and the fact that it was the structure and the numbers and I know how it works but then at the end she ends up quitting because she's like what we do is fundamentally wrong I don't know she does quit I want to find this I'm gonna pause this really quick okay so we're talking about Zara and the fact that she quits her job at the bank. So originally she said she liked it because she was good at it. She believed in it. She believed in the order, right, is what she says. But she ends up quitting, and she says she quits because the housing market is going to crash again. Maybe not tomorrow, but it's going to crash again. We know that, yet we still lend money. When people lose everything, we tell them it was their responsibility that those are the rules of the game, that it was their own fault for being so greedy. But of course it isn't true, They just, and then it goes on and says, they just want somewhere to live, somewhere to raise their children, live their life. So basically she's had a change of heart. And I didn't think about this until right now, but this whole thing is also kind of a commentary on banking and capitalism almost even. I'm not really going to touch on that because I didn't think about it beforehand, but it's something to think about the banking system and how it works and lending money and who gets money and who doesn't get money, who gets loans, who doesn't get loans. And then like what happens when your life falls apart because there's a financial crisis. Who knows? I'm sure we're going to go into some sort of economic depression with COVID. I mean, I graduated in May. I have an internship right now, but I don't have a full-time position. And I have lots of friends who also don't have full-time positions yet. And at time of recording it, it's halfway through September. So you know, I don't know. But anyways, that's kind of my thoughts on this. I think that this book will blow up. I think it'll be very popular because his the author's other books are very popular. And I think this was a good book. I would recommend it if you kind of like literary fiction, if you've read his other books and like them. This is, uh, you know, it's pretty average, pretty good book for me. It wasn't life changing or anything like that. But I did enjoy it. So yeah, I think that's all I have to say about Anxious People by Frederick Bachman. And I guess this was just a book about idiots. So if you want to read a book about idiots, a bridge, and a bank robber, go ahead and pick this up. So that's it for this episode. You can uh, get more content from my blog. I read a book once blog.com to read some different blog posts I have about the books I've read and things like that, or if you just want some more information, you can also go follow me on Instagram at I read a book once blog. Other than that, I don't have other social media handles, but let me know what you thought of this book, or if there's any other books you think I should read. Uh, That's it for today, and I'll catch you next time.